politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to focus on what matters in the way it matters at the time it matters. Because if you don't do that, those three things, well, you get what you got last night. Republicans routed again and again, 2017, 2018, 2020, 2022, and 2023, and most special elections in between. So here we are, an aimless party, an aimless movement, on this Wednesday, uh, November 8th. But we here at CR Podcast, your host Daniel Hurwitz here, we're not aimless or rudderless. We actually have an affirmative agenda. The problem is we need a vehicle, a movement, and a party through which to promote that agenda and actually achieve it. So you're going to hear a lot of different things, this and that. It's this cause. It's that cause. It's all of the above. It's the entire image and makeup of the Republican Party as it is currently constituted, which is largely defined by Trump, but certainly not the only element. It is a losing proposition, both on policy outcomes and even electoral prowess, to the extent there's a purpose to electing Republicans you know, outside of policy outcomes, or maybe just so, oh, it doesn't get even worse. But the point is, people are throwing it, well, the too much focus on abortion or the way we focus on it, it's, it's Trump, it's the establishment, it's McConnell. It's all of it. It's all of it. And the point is, more than Trump being the cause of it, kind of sound like a broken record. I was saying this literally as early as 2015, 2016. More than, more than him being the cause of it, he certainly is the obstacle to changing the current image and looking onward. You know, we, we kind of had a control group on all of this. It was actually today, November 8th of last year, that DeSantis won by 19.5 points in, in Florida, swept a bunch of people, you know, down ballot in office, had the best legislative session we've ever had in modern history. And you kind of have your cake and eat it, too. He's leading on almost every issue. This false dichotomy. No, it's McConnell. No, it's Trump. No, it's McConnell. Actually, the two of them often merge. And to the extent they don't, and the MAGA movement genuinely you know, fights for something we believe in, it's so dipped in feces, it's gold dipped in feces of that personality that we now have the lowest common denominator of the policies and the image and the electoral viability of the antiquated GOP establishment and Trump. That's essentially what we're facing in a nutshell. Oh, and because Trump, 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 and none of my colleagues are willing to look beyond that, and I'm not even saying to endorse DeSantis, But the fact that they're not even willing to demand that Trump debate him so we could debate some of the things like the vaccines, but also the electoral aspect of this. Instead, you know, we'll have tonight some sort of, again, pile up with Chris Christie and Nikki Haley and the Pharma Bro and Tim Scott somehow still landed a place there. It's just so stupid. That's why we are where we are. But first, we're going to define the what and then the why As we give you a 2020 vision on politics, make sure you have a 2020 vision in your eyes. 
And believe it or not, your glasses, actually, it's not just your sight, but it's the way you think. You think with your sight. It affects your brain. Um, Better intelligence lenses from our friends at Better Spectacles. They import Rodenstock frames and lenses, the gold standard in the industry. Um, You'll notice instantly once you put them on that they're not ordinary glasses. There's a reason why even optical industry competitors confirm that once you wear Rodenstock lenses, you will never wear another brand. And in addition to the lenses, the frames are amazing. They have a minimum of 130 hours of engineering in each frame. Most are titanium, and they won't break unless you roll a truck over them. And they keep those perfect lenses that are just great at synergizing your brain with your eyes intact so you get great lenses with great frames if you want what i have go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative to schedule your teleoptical appointment today and get 61 percent off again you can do this all online they have technology that's able to read out your prescription at betterspectacles.com slash conservative so let's just first define the what Okay, because some want to even deny what is going on before we, you know, point the finger of blame. It's important that we're all on the same page to observe what is going on. Because you, you, you could, you know, say this and that. Well, you know, Kentucky, you know, it's, it's a complicated state at a local level. You still sometimes have the remnants of Democrats that could resonate with the state. And Bashir is one of them. And you, you, you could, you, could pl- you know, explain each thing away. And then obviously there's the abortion thing, but abortion doesn't account for every race. It's only obviously the Ohio referendum. So here is at its core what we're looking at. What we have faced since what I call the modern political era, which is the realignment of geographical politics with the Republican Revolution of 94. That that's where I date back to, although the principle of this is really since our founding. That what happens is you have one party gets into power, they overreach or they become unpopular to varying degrees, and commensurate with how unpopular they are is how deep the blowback is. So when they're in power in the White House, typically most of the elections, off-season elections, are won by the opposition party. And especially when the economy is bad and inflation is high and there's so much general melees and you have an unpopular, weak party leader in in the White House, how much more so the other party would win. And and pretty much this is what has happened. You know, Clinton got swept in after 12 years of, of Reagan and Bush in 92. You had a big blowback to his liberal policies of Bill and Hillary in the 94 revolution. And after that, it, it, it typically went back and forth. The one exception was 9-11, so Bush's party actually won in their midterm, but that was because of 9-11. Um, but then, you know, it went back and forth. 2006, you got the big blowback to Bush. They got crushed. Uh, Obama got in. Massive blowback to him. Republicans won amazingly in 2010 and 2014. Um, Trump... And and this is where it's important. Trump sneaks in by a few thousand votes in a few states, very narrow. But, you know, he won. But again, it was very narrow in 2016. Fine, he gets in. Okay, massive blowback to him in where not just any Democrat, but radical Democrats start winning, you know, suburbs everywhere in uh, 2017. Because I want to get back to that. This is kind of coming full circle. Virginia's off-season. 
So 2017 is where we saw this new electorate coalesce against Republicans. 2017. Then 2018, they got crushed. Okay, midterm is fine. You come in in 2020, they lose. Okay, how much of it was stolen? How much of it was the mail-ins? Okay, but they lost. But, you know, they held their own. It was kind of, kind of, kind of even. But Biden gets in. Now, we all thought the cycle would continue. Biden is radical. He can't talk. He, he is uninspiring. You know, um, Clinton and, and uh, Obama had much stronger support, much more gifted politicians, and yet they had a massive blowback. So certainly Biden's going to get that blowback. And then the economy was horrible. Inflation was as bad as it gets in right go headed into the midterm elections last year. And yet Democrats essentially win the election. And the only reason Republicans flipped a few seats in the House to win it was because of reapportionment and really because of Florida and New York. And um, and that's it. And all the while, everyone's like, the polls, the polls. And by the way, I knew this would happen. I mean, there's nothing surprising last night. The polling, uh, the real polling showed this. But everyone was like all into the 2024 polling. Where, oh, Trump's going to win 50 states. And Every single poll Republicans tout show them winning, but every single election they lose. And as we noted, there's over 30 special elections Republicans have underperformed in. And last night was that same electorate. So here's the here's the what before we get into the why. I don't care whether you're a, um, you know, establishment guy, a reactionary fake MAGA Trump, a DeSantis guy. This is something we, we should all, you know, if you don't want Democrats to win, this is what you should be concerned about. That Republicans are experiencing the degree of electoral losses that you typically see when they have an unpopular or controversial or polarizing guy in the White House, yet it's not the case. Democrats have an unpopular, the most incapable guy ever, melees everywhere, Nothing is going right. The broad public sentiment is negative against the status quo, yet they continue to lose. And it's not any one thing. It's across the board. In other words, it's not like, okay, this is abortion. This is you know this sort of candidate or that. It, it's reflective of almost like a broader, I, I don't want to call it a wave. You know, it's, it's, it's too nuanced because it's too, an odd year doesn't have enough to determine that. It's not a wave, but it's just like, whoa, we've reversed political science. There's something very disturbing that the same, in other words, when Republicans got crushed in 2006, that same electorate did not endure in 2010 and 2014 when they were the ones out of power against the Democrat president. In fact, it flipped. Right in 2006, they flipped red seats, although they had... Rahm Emanuel recruited, actually, Democrats that are more conservative than Republicans are today to win those seats, but whatever. And then, you know, in 2010, they not only won back those, but with huge interest. In other words, it was like a different world. Now we're seeing roughly the contours of the same electorate that we saw in 2017, 2018, 2020, but now persist in 2022 and 2023. So anyone with a brain, again, before we ascribe any blame to anything, 
with anyone with their brain will recognize that Oh, the polls show we're winning in 2024. No, 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 no. If nothing changes in terms of your vision and image, you will lose. Now, with the polarization of a presidential year where there's more intensity, I think genuinely they'll do better in red states than they're doing now, which is they're even losing in some red areas. But ultimately, you're not going to win a general election, a national election, and you're going to continue to get crushed in anything that even reeks of a purplish district or state. That, that is a fact that should bother everyone. Before we talk about whose fault it is, that is what is extremely unique about this dynamic. Virginia was always the harbinger of you know, the backlash against the incumbent party. And it was working in both directions for a very long time. And that stopped. You could say in 2021, maybe you had the backlash against Biden with Yunkin. Although I would argue Yunkin did run a lot on the Loudoun County stuff, the tranny stuff. This time, I mean, what was the vision? What was the agenda? What did they run on? A bunch of nothingness. So there's a lot to delve into here. We'll get to the why before we get, you know, now that we got to the what. Now, first off, something that is working for us, I know you've all become fans of it, and for good reason, QP Goat Soap. You know, when you put something on your body, it's pretty intimate. You don't want liberal soap put on your body. Uh, QP stands for Quinn Pittman, our Florida Christian homeschooling 16-year-old that has his own soap company from his own goats, that he created goat milk from a whole line of products. If you go to qpgoatsoap.com, put in promo code Daniel, you get 10% off, free shipping over 30 bucks. It's a really good deal. And uh, you, for $99, you can get all four seasons of different scents and types of soap. It's extremely smooth on the body. Uh, you know, I got to do TV a lot, and I have this peeling skin problem around my eyebrows, so I've now put it on there. Really, It really helps because it has natural oils unlike the pro-inflammatory junk the equivalent of junk food that you have with dove and zest and all that stuff and you're not donating to blm you're actually giving to one of us a blaze blaze subscribing family qpgoatsoap.com promo code daniel so what happened last night you had um republicans lost the governorship in kentucky now you know it was an incumbent democrat that got in there because of Republican dysfunction. The party there has been dysfunctional for a long time. Um, and they lost by five points. Republican Daniel Cameron, the sitting AG, he lost by five points. Um, they lost not only did – so, again, the expectation would be when Republicans have the governor and the House in Virginia – and you're in this sort of environment for national Democrats, and Republic, and then Democrats only controlled the Senate 2119, you would have expected they would have flipped the Senate. Instead, I think maybe the Democrats might have picked up a seat. They certainly didn't flip it. And then Democrats flipped the House and wrested control from Republicans. Then they picked up Supreme Court seat in uh, uh, Pennsylvania. They now have a 5-2 to two seat majority. And in New Jersey, they picked up five House seats. Now, you'll say that's a blue state, but again, 
to pick up five house seats, you're you're winning districts that you shouldn't be winning in this sort of national environment with Biden in office and his policies broadly unpopular. And then in Mississippi, <laughs> okay, this is freaking Mississippi. You have those loser Republicans. We tried to get rid of them, but Tate Reeves stands for nothing. One beat his Democrat by just five points. I, I have not yet disentangled the ramifications for that in the legislature. Did Republicans lose the supermajority? Did they lose seats? I don't know yet. Could look that up. But that's broadly what occurred, and that makes no sense. And then obviously, the big thing everyone talks about, they lost the Ohio ballot initiative, uh, question one, 57 to 43, was almost a landslide where they have now enshrined uh, the right to kill your baby into the constitution of a state that until now was trending dark red. So again, we could talk about this and that and this and that and abortion, but not everything is about abortion. Abortion has its own points, and I've made those points already multiple times, that it's through the prism of a Republican Party that stands for nothing but the impression that they're going to go full bore on abortion. So it's an imbalanced vision mixed with the fact that so many Republicans um, live horrible lives and cheat on their wives and this and that led by Trump himself, so no one's going to respect that from him. So when you have no other narrative and you go full bore on that and they're unprepared and grifting and all the factors come into play, uh, you know, that's that's the result you're going to get and you're going to continue to get that result. But it's much broader than that. It doesn't explain why they only won by five points in Mississippi, while why they lost the governorship by five points in, in Kentucky why they're continuing to lose the districts you need to win in places like Virginia to remain competitive. And, and forget about Pennsylvania, they, they've just collapsed. Since every election since, you know, starting with 2018, after Trump, Republicans have gone from 34 to 24 governors, 68 to 55 legislative chambers, 241 to 222 House seats, 52 to 49 Senate seats. You know, again, it, it was fine. Let me say this. Trump actually lost less than Bush did, you know, it, it, before 2022. But the problem is that it's continuing to circle the drain with Biden in power. And not to belabor the point, just to, you know, so we don't bury the lead, the answer is it's the lowest common denominator between Trump's image and the GOP establishment. As I've said many times, it's not even like the entire party is just MAGA, so then that's that's a half a problem. But at least, you know, some of the policies they'll promote and different image, fight on some things, but no. Policy-wise, it's the same GOP. But the broad image to the public, more than they know DeSantis, more than they know Yunkin, and more than they know even McConnell or Elise Stefanik or any of the establishment people we don't like, is Trump. Again, for better or for worse, your swing voter, what they know of the Republican Party by a factor of a million to one against any other factor, is Trump. So you have... And I've said this many times. We could talk about how bad the economy is. 
If you plug in every macro socioeconomic, economic, political factor into an equation, you could usually almost spit out an AI result of what each midterm and offseason election should look like historically. And there's people who have actually done this. As I noted, we are bucking that trend. It makes no sense. If you look on paper, everything about Biden and the Democrats and the policies and the melees and the economy, this should not be happening. But as I've noted before, if you have a debate and two people get up and give a lecture, they give a, a vision, assuming you even have a good vision. I'm going to say you have a good vision. But one guy in middle of his good vision starts farting and burping. So, you know, you, you could say, well, pay attention to the words. That doesn't matter. And you'll be right. But at the end of the day, it does matter. And, and it will affect people's opinion. And not only will they be turned off from you, but even some of the issues that you run on that are righteous will now be gold dipped into feces through that image. Nowhere is this more evident than with the Kentucky governor's race, Daniel Cameron. The, the merging of what the Republican Party has merged into. The same antiquated do-nothing Chamber of Commerce, but you have the image. And Daniel Cameron was the perfect guy. He's literally a Mitch McConnell alumnus. Now, what's interesting is all the Trump people are like, yeah, that was Mitch McConnell. Except here's the problem. Like, so often, like with Jim Justice, he's still doing it. Trump endorsed him. There was a better candidate, Kelly Kraft. I did not support her, but she was the better of the two. I was the first person to have Savannah Maddox, who is the most conservative member of the legislature, but she's not tied to Trump. She's not tied to the establishment. She's studious. She's knowledgeable about the issues. She was running on medical freedom, but we don't have a movement, so she didn't get support, so she dropped out, couldn't raise money. So then we had just Kraft and... And and um, Cameron, DeSantis endorsed Kraft. By the way, Ramaswampy endorsed her too. And Trump endorsed Cameron. But it wasn't just an endorsement. Cameron is a spinning image of Mitch McConnell, aimless, rudderless, didn't run on any big thing. We're going to make Kentucky a sanctuary from, you know, again, things like liberty, B bodily autonomy, freedom, and that ties into neutralizing the abortion attacks. And the vision on saving our culture, your quality of life, your prosperity, your liberty, and your safety, and your security with everything going on. There was no big picture vision. All the things that we, we talk about here. You know, with the exception of some gratuitous rhetoric I throw in, because obviously I'm speaking to a right-leaning audience, but in terms of most of my vision and policies, I would say the same thing in front of a swing voter crowd. The, the, the purview of this show, imagine if we ran on it. Now, we do have proof of concept, as close to it as you can get, in Florida, and we see the results. But Cameron was nothing. And that's true of Tate Reeves. It's true of Virginia. Just no big picture items. You know, people running on, we're going to save your communities from Section 8 and the, the HUD, you know, throwing in these low-income people to your, in, into your area and the Islamic stuff and the open borders and the crime. 
the quality of life taking away your products and services and making things more expensive. It's just this weak need stuff. But what did Cameron run on? Not just in the primary, but in the general. Trump, 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 Trump. Not the agenda that like the Bannon war room wants to support, but Trump as a person. Take a listen. This was the closing ad for Cameron against Bashir in, in Kentucky. Former President Donald Trump is endorsing Attorney General Daniel Cameron in his run for governor of Kentucky. Mr. President, I hope you can tell that Kentucky is Trump country. I'm the only candidate endorsed by President Trump and the only candidate who stood up to Joe Biden. I fought the Biden agenda in court to defend Kentucky. Andy Bashir, he never will. As governor, I'll put Kentucky first, even when it's hard. Okay, folks, so that's his closing end. No vision, rudderless, Trump, 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 Trump. That lost in Kentucky. I mean, what do you want from me? There's nowhere to run or hide from it. I love it. I was, no, it's Trump. No, it's the establishment. It's the Trump establishment. They've merged. Largely in terms of policy, in terms of endorsements, but in terms of image. Now, there are some people in the Trump movement that, that share our, our views and, 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 and fight for it, but it's already contaminated. And you're not going to move on until you move on from the man. And I don't want to hear this false choice. Oh, but the establishment. You have a choice. You have as clear of a choice on policy and electoral prowess. But the polls show he's not doing well in the primary. Yeah, but the results of the general election speak for themselves. I'm sick of replacing actual outcomes with polls. It's kind of like policy. We replace actual policy outcomes with cable news hits. Well, I talk about it, so it, it means we got it done. You either drive the narrative or you're driven by it. So when Democrats, they have a narrative. You're going to take away, you're going to ban abortion for rape. You're going to do, that's their narrative. And they have, they have a, a ground game and money. And that's another thing. Trump endorsed Rona McDaniel. Her job is mechanics, mechanics, mechanics. They're lacking that. Democrats have that. Meaning in the same way Democrats have policy and our side has no policy, it's also true that in terms of elections, we don't have men on the field because we have an industry and it's profitable to you know, do what I do. I mean, not literally what I do because it's not so profitable, but other people make a lot of profit from it and it pays. So we have more talkers, more movement people than ever, but it's not a movement. It's an industry. So you don't get results. Name me something inspiring that Cameron or Tate Reeves from Mississippi ran on. Name me one big picture idea. Ohio exit polls show 30, only 34% of voters want Trump to run for president. Remember, he won by double digits there. That's Ohio. Now, that's going to be enough to win, you know, close to a a majority, but a nice, strong plurality in a primary when you have Nikki Haley and all these guys dividing the vote and and conservative media shadow banning this. And again, 
I'm not even saying to dive in, but they're stuffing it. They're, they're, they're not holding Trump accountable to at least have a debate. This is what bothers me. This is what's indefensible. It's not a matter of what percentage is Trump's fault. You have to look at it holistically. It's not like, okay, well, in this race he got involved, this race he didn't. It has nothing to do with that. He is the image of the entire party wherever it is. So it's the same bad GOP, but worse. In other words, for the to get, getting back to what we started with, until ni- since 1994, it went back and forth. Now, the policies never went back and forth. The left always won on them because the GOP was a fraud. But at least you got Republicans winning every other time. Now, not only are we losing on policy, but we're not even winning elections anymore, even as ours, because, again, it's the lowest common denominator of the Republican fecklessness with the malignancy of Trump's branding and image. I know it's not cool in my circles to say that, but that is the truth. And it's not going to change until you change something. And at a minimum, Trump should be required to stand before the people in a debate and debate this. In addition to, obviously, the debt and the, you know, um, horrible jailbreak and medical freedom stuff. I mean, it's, it's just nonstop. And I just want to note something on abortion, as I've noted before. Why is it that the Democrats are the ones getting ballot initiatives on the ballot for a constitutional right to an abortion, but with super majorities in the Ohio legislature and every other legislature, I can't get support behind my constitutional amendment for bodily autonomy against pharma needles and gene therapy and masks in and on your body. Imagine if that would have also been on the ballot. See, who is the leader in Ohio? Mike DeWine, the biggest COVID fascist imaginable, by the way, endorsed by Trump. So you have no countervailing narrative. Why do you think DeSantis won by 20 points despite, forget about a 15-week ban, but a heartbeat, a six-week ban of abortion? The majority, If you would pull the majority of Florida voters, I mean, you know, look, we all know voters are brainwashed now on that issue. They would, they would, they would disagree with it. But they loved his broader vision of what he did on so many other things, and particularly he harnessed the message of freedom so it neutralized that, that, that message. Whoever harnesses the message of freedom wins. Now, we all understand that killing a baby is not freedom, but that's how they're, they're able to win on that. If you don't have a, count, a countervailing narrative, you either drive the narrative or you get driven by it. There's no middle ground. You have headwinds against you, so you need a rudder to power through it. Every issue is potentially a losing issue or a winning issue. Now, abortion, now again, you have the open borders, the jailbreak, the pro-Hamas, the destroying our energy, the, the vaccines are so unpopular now, and the biomedical tyranny, we could crush them on that. The, 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 the HUD stuff is a big thing that you could have run on local, local issues. These are all supermajority issues, the tranny issues. We're winning on those issues. But if you don't run on big picture visions on that, then just in terms of issues, Democrats had a very potent issue. Whether you agree with it or not, it's they are going to basically take over your reproductive health. Like, you know, and they obviously will exaggerate and whatever. 
Name me one other issue Republicans ran on with as much fervor in a way that people could understand. I can't. They don't have a vision. Sleepy Joe. Uh, like, I mean, it's not a vision. It's just pathetic. It is utterly pathetic. That is the mix of the Trump establishment. And, and look, the beatings will continue until morale improves. You know, I wanted to uh, just note what Republicans could run on. Talk about freedom. This is from MSN.com. CDC will now screen you for COVID, flu, and RSV at four major airports. If you're a frequent traveler, you've probably noticed that some airports already offer COVID testing, but effective immediately, health screenings are expanding. They have now testing centers in, you know, for 30 different types of pathogens in four major airports, Boston, Logan, Dulles um, in D.C., JFK in New York, and uh, San Francisco Airport. I mean, they're bringing this back, by the way, at a time when they're bringing in millions of people helter-skelter across the border from 150 different countries. No problem there. Right? Put that on the ballot! That... No government can ever require an individual to take a medical product on or in his body against his will or discriminate in the realm of public accommodation based upon that. Put that on the 2024 ballot. Democrats were able to muster the strength, which is much harder to get, you know, grassroots, The depending on the state, you can get signatures from citizens to get on, on, on the ballot. They have super majorities in a legislature to straight up vote it out in 24 states. But I will tell you, we're, we're no, nowhere closer to doing it in a single state. That needs to be a big agenda item. Get that on the ballot in 2024. I mean, some states, because their constitutions, it, it takes longer than that. But there are some states we probably could get on the ballot. That's a narrative. That's a narrative. Here, let me give you another story. An illegal alien from Honduras was released into the U.S. in June 2021. Is now charged with felony rape and abduction by force in Virginia, in Fairfax County. Fairfax County didn't honor the local detainer and released him back into the community without notifying ICE. ICE found him and rearrested him. Now he's in federal custody. He was released as an illegal after charged with felony rape and abduction. Um, imagine if Youngkin ran on a vision of banning that in Fairfax County. A vision of protecting our communities. That is something, I mean, you know, it, it's funny. As I'm talking, I'm reminded of, this is pretty nostalgic. I wrote an article after the first GOP loss in the string of losses in, in response to Trump's election. 20, not 2018, but 2017. There were Virginia elections. And I'm going to read to you a column that I wrote on this very date. November 8th, six years ago. That speaks exactly 
to the time we live in as it did six years ago. I warned six years ago we need to change our game, come up with a vision and an image that will do better. And some of the issues, obviously, I was focusing on were a little bit different, but still speak to where we are today. Conservatives are very despondent today following the wave election of extremely leftist Democrats last night. But our brand was never on the ballot in any of these races. The question conservatives must ask themselves headed into the next major election cycle is, at what point will we finally die on our own hills? At what point will we succeed or fail on our own merits and stop losing for the other SOB's ideology, to paraphrase George Patton? In other words, we're losing to Democrats, but not on our own issues. Again, that was five years before we had a control group of what occurred in Florida. Oh, and that guy just happens to be running nationally. Um, and, uh, oh well. Yeah, you know, not viable. Not, not a viable candidate. Nothing to see. Nothing to even require a debate of Trump. That is what is so damn indefensible for my colleagues. Even if you don't see it as black and white as I do and, and some of you do, but it's at least like, whoa, like, you know, I'm not going to say it's all Trump's fault, maybe even not even a majority, but certainly we got to change something. You know, he's got a lot of problems image-wise, problems policy-wise, electorally. I mean, so until now, we were able to lie to ourselves. You know, I can't believe we repeated this last year. Republicans are going to crush. Look at the polls. And then Republicans get crushed. And then we do it all over again, even as they lose in all these special elections. But last night, we had a bunch of elections. What We're still going to be onto this. We're going to win in the polls. Trump's going to win. Trump, he's the only one who could win. Only one. Really? Anyway. Last night, Democrats flipped the governor's mansion in New Jersey, won the Virginia gubernatorial race by eight points. Again, this was in 2017. Flipped a presumed insurmountable GOP supermajority in Virginia House of Delegates. Believe it or not, back then they had a supermajority in the House before 2017. Now they lost the simple majority. Won local races all over the country and won a referendum on Medicaid expansion in Maine. But does this mean the majority of America suddenly embraced the cultural Marxism of the alt-left? We never had a chance in New Jersey because we were tarnished by Chris Christie, a man who was antithetical to everything conservatives believe in. Ed Gillespie in Virginia is a dictionary definition of a stand-for-nothing generic Republican who just very inauthentically latched onto one of our issues at the very end of his campaign. Exit polls showed the voters in Virginia, which is now a clear blue state, barely cared about the Confederate monuments, and to the extent they do, voters overwhelmingly oppose tearing them down. Again, that was what Republicans were yelping about back then. They wanted to join in Democrats in, in tearing them down. The truth is there's no way for public opinion to naturally go from two to one opposed to Obamacare and the Iran deal to two to one support. The polls are a superficial reflection of the pendulum swing between the two personalities of the unibrow party. Everything that is perceived as being associated with the side of the unibrow that is now out of favor suddenly becomes unpopular, at least superficially. Again, I mean, this is the point I'm making that when you have a bad image and vision, even issues that traditionally you won on then become losing issues, certainly a more of a tougher issue like abortion. Here's the reality. It's not just that Republicans stand for nothing and have no narrative. They have spent their time in office championing, validating, and exalting every principle of the left. And these are some of the issues of the time. 
if you go back to the for a year into Trump's presidency. <clears throat> it's not just that they failed to repeal Obamacare. It's that they have championed every premise of Obamacare as an imperative to society and have made it popular. Meanwhile, they refuse to even utter a word about the 2100 a month premiums. And by the way, folks, the average family health insurance premium today, just as I'm speaking now in November 2023, it's up 249% since 2000. United Health is up 4,120% since then versus 340% gain of the S&P 500. That's a the fact that Democrats beat us on healthcare in every poll is just like it's criminal. We have no vision on that. I've said that for years. Anyway, let me continue. It's not just that they have failed to cut spending, shrink the federal government, and develop power to the states. They've increased spending by 130 billion. By the way, it got a lot more than that. Then after that, they talk about tax reform and then promote a bill that is so muddled, random, and gratuitous that more people are worried about getting a tax increase. By the way, a lot of people thought their taxes were increased by the Trump tax cuts. Now, they're wrong, but it was done in such a stupid way. Again, you guys remember the shows I did at the time. Remember, this has been the top policy issue in the media during the election week, and Republicans are actually on the side of tax increases for the first time since George H.W. Bush. Democrats are now using our arguments to show how Republicans are raising taxes on middle-class families. Every time there is violence in the country, Republicans use their megaphone to validate the Democrat premise on guns, but will never lift a finger to shut down dangerous immigration. Thus, conservatives are stuck in the worst predicament imaginable. On the one hand, on paper, Republicans have complete control of Washington— in this era of mass media hyperpolarization, this automatically enrages, excites, and unites the opposition party to come to the polls. But on the other hand, the GOP has done nothing good with the control to excite its base and, in fact, has used its platform to promote every Democrat idea. Whereas Obama was able to match the GOP's anti-intensity by exciting his own base with liberal policies, Trump will have one-sided anti-intensity against him headed into the next election doesn't have to be this way conservatives are like pure souls trapped in the radioactive body of the republican party thus even when we can get establishment candidates to half-heartedly latch onto one of our issues or even if we can nominate a few conservatives down the ballot they're all there are they are all sullied by the broader perception of the republican party and they are hurt by being attached to the party that controls the status quo, yet ironically is allowing Democrats and their legacy to continue well, the leftist status quo. Imagine if we had an entire new party and movement dedicated to new policies and messaging for returning to the power of the people, to, to the people from the courts. I was talking about judicial supremacy a lot. Imagine a party running on restoring the pyramid of governance and championing localism to make state legislatures great again. This is exactly the narrative we needed last night in state and local elections, but it was lacking from a party that suffers from a crisis of intellect, initiative, and values. Imagine a party running on creating a new tax system where localism would reign supreme and states would take the lead in setting the overall structure of the code. I linked to an article I did on, again, abolishing federal taxes and having states do it, and then the feds take a flat tax from the state revenue, whatever. Imagine a party that used its entire messaging apparatus to give a vision on, immig on an immigration system that enriches America rather than one that turns our communities into dumping grounds. And by the way, folks, I want to play a clip of DeSantis here talking about not just illegal immigration, but legal immigration. Uh, take a listen here. 
Um, but there, no one really talks about the legal immigration system. And there's some Republicans that say, as long as it's legal, it doesn't matter. I, I don't subscribe to that. I think that uh, immigration should only be done when it benefits the American people. If it doesn't benefit the American people, then it should not be something that's being done. So, Okay, so folks, again, I'm jumping around a little bit, you know, between my column six years ago and today. But because I mentioned immigration, listen to the moral clarity of DeSantis. Now, Trump on and off has said the same thing. But again, who, who is the public likely to take more serious and who is it going to resonate more coming from as a vessel, DeSantis or Trump? The vessel matters. And then I continue, by the way, just going back here. Imagine a party that is able to speak about our 16 years of foreign policy failures engaging in Muslim urban renewal projects overseas rather than a vision of peace through strength that always puts our interests first. Again, back then we were still heavily engaged overseas. Um, and we still are a little bit today with Iraq and Syria, and we need to message that. But, you know, I'm not going to say it's a top issue. Imagine a party that ran on rooting out crony capitalism and venture socialism, such as the ethanol mandate, which raises the cost of food and fuel in order to enrich wealthy lobbyists. Now, by the way, you could replace that with all the pharma stuff. Imagine a party that ran on a system of reforms to our entire government, such as Article 5 convention, balanced budgets, term, term limits. Imagine a party that gave a vision of health care that eliminated the insurance cartel from getting between you and your doctor. Yet almost none of the issues and ideas we discuss here at CR are ever introduced into the public debate. The few Republicans who do mention some of these ideas are completely undermined by the tarnished brand of the GOP. The Republican Party has become, for conservatives, what the prophet Haggai described to the Israelites. It's Haggai 1.6. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse full of holes. Healthcare was by far the top issue of the Virginia election, according to exit polls. And Northam, the Democrat, was favored over Gillespie among those voters by a margin of 77 to 23. That is unconscionable. Democrats have destroyed healthcare in America, yet Republicans have managed to succeed in political black magic, undermining our messaging on healthcare to the point that Obamacare is now popular even as it is more expensive than a mortgage. And, and, and that, by the way, resonates to this day. Um, in the last Republican presidential debate, uh, the, one of the moderators asked about this point. You know, what do you want to do about Obamacare? None of them had a, had a good message on it. It's been, it, it's unbelievable. We should be owning health care and medical freedom. Health care is the biggest inflation issue, the biggest cost of living issue, the biggest life issue, the biggest liberty issue. And property is wealth because you, you to spend a fortune on it. By the way, those of you who get it from work, just understand between what you're putting in and what your employer is putting in. I mean, again, I could I don't want to talk about the Blaze HR here, but I mean it's it's true of everyone. I have earned a lot less money the last ten years because of the amount they have to pay for for a basic plan. And there is no there's no message. That's life, liberty, and property. Health, we should be owning health care. Nothing. We should be owning the border. Instead, it's like I said yesterday, it's about the laddered approach. We do this CR, this budget bill, process. We're infighting. 
There's no message on the issues that matter in the way they matter at the time they matter. So you could have a left-wing party that wants you eating bugs in a 15-minute city full of Hamas-supporting Muslims and illegals from everywhere and, and you know, jailbreak criminals while you cut your balls off and have forced Pfizer juice in your body and somehow Republicans can't shoot straight. But that's why. There's no image. There's no vision. There's no concern. There's no ground game. There's no you know, effort into to anything. And then you, you do have Trump's image and, and some of his supporters. See, look. Abortion is never going to be the biggest winning issue. And saying the election was stolen certainly is not going to be the biggest issue, even for those who believe when expressed in the right way that it was. But again, when you have a party expressing it the way they do through that image without a countervailing positive winning message on other more easily defined and winnable issues, you get what you had last night, which is what we had the previous five elections, which is what we're going to continue getting. Okay, that, that, that is just a simple reality. And by the way, you know, where, where they actually um, tried to fight for things, where we have a movement, I give Ryan Gerdusky credit for starting the 1776 Project. They are winning school board races. They're running on a specific agenda, following the, the Soros playbook. Soros took local offices like Secretary of State and DA and flooded the zone. And they're starting to do that in school board. And I think we're seeing results. I'll bring Ryan on the show one of these days to discuss it, the, the, the numbers and how he's doing that. And I think he deserves a lot of credit. Where you have a focused approach, you will win, at least in parts of the country. But right now, we have nothing. I'll just read you the end of this column. Again, it's amazing. This all started six years ago to the day with the Virginia elections of 2017. And that same electorate has been inveterate. It has been unmoving, even though Republicans are no longer in power at a federal level. And, and, and again, it's like, you got to change something. Don't deny the problem. So Republicans responded to, 2017, to, to, to 2022 midterms, which were shocking. If you understand the nature of what should have happened, that was probably the biggest gulf in American history based on the macro-political factors, what should have happened to what did happen. Okay? And yet, they nominated the same man for Senate leader, the same man for House leader. Finally, a year later, we got a new speaker. We'll see what happens. But at the time, same same Republican leader. Rona McDaniel, same RNC chair. And then, once again, elevate Trump as our front runner for presidential nominee. It doesn't mean he created the whole problem and he is the cause of the whole problem. But obviously, the image is a huge problem. And, and then it mixes. Daniel Cameron is, is, is the quintessential guy. Again, Mitch McConnell, to his credit, is actually principled enough to 
be a leftist, and then say I hate Trump. But most aren't stupid enough to do that. He's Most of the newer candidates are going to be like Cameron and Tate Reeves and Elise Stefanik. Same old, same old, but the image of Trump. It is the worst combination of all. It is the worst combination. It's funny. I didn't even mean to use those words, but as I'm talking, I'm looking here. Um, I actually have the uh, the subtitle of the end part of my long article here from six years ago. The subtitle you know, I have three like three sections of the article is the worst of all worlds. Yes, President Trump has touched on some of these ideas, and indeed. This is why he swept the Rust Belt and won the presidency. Yet because of his horrible personal cho- personnel choices, his often conflicting messages on some is- issues, his lack of attention to details, and the fact that the entire party structure is rotten to the core, we are faced with a perverse dynamic whereby we are incurring all the liabilities of his persona but obtaining none of the benefits of his brand. He's becoming a lightning rod for Democrat turnout and converting some indie voters into the Democrat camp, but we are left with none of the unchanged, uh, none of the changed policies to electric- electrify our base and convert some independent voters to our way of thinking. Bookmark that, folks. Like in case some of you think like I'm, um, you know, I have some sort of deal with DeSantis or something, and and my what I'm saying about Trump is motivated by him. Those of you who are newer listeners and haven't heard me, I wrote this just you know, ten months into Trump's presidency. Okay, when when it was unanimous support for him, and you know I was supporting things that I liked, but I was just very honest about it. There is nothing about my messaging that has changed since DeSantis came on the scene. I could have never envisioned, you know, back then, I could never have even envisioned him as governor, much less presidential candidate. He was in Congress then, and that's what I wrote about him. Um, and, and that's the story. Now, there is one thing I was wrong about in the final read of this article. But I was actually more correct than I could have ever imagined. But it just turned out even worse than I said. I thought the cycle of flipping back and forth endlessly where the Dems continue to win policy no matter who's in charge, but Republicans win every other election, would continue. Here's what I wrote. Here's what's going to happen in the coming years. Democrats will come roaring back to power. They will do so at the most at the at the worst time because they will win state elections that will determine reapportionment for a decade. And by the way, that did hurt us in some areas. Given how radical they are and how the voters don't really want their policies, the American people will turn against them within a few months. I because I thought 2022 would be a repeat of 2010. The pendulum will swing back the other way. 2020 or 2022 will repeat. 2010 Republicans will all sound like conservative reformers on the campaign trail, and the charlatans who run the party and secure most of the nominations will be indistinguishable from the authentic conservatives. Repeat and and rinse. To what end? Speaking for myself, I have no plans to spend the next 30 years of my life playing the phony red versus blue game with an Orwellian opposition. It's time to break out of this vicious cycle. Americans are starving for something new, but until we make our move, that something new will always be the party out of power. If e- even if, ironically, the two parties are one in the same. And the irony and the irony of the irony over the irony I wrote about then is that now 
Republicans won't even win when they're in the opposition with an unpopular Dem in the White House. So now even that has come crashing down. And now they have the worst of all, the electoral outcomes and this. And I would say perhaps that's a good result, meaning because I was worried about the Republicans rip-roaring back and, well, now it's good. Now everyone knows they failed. They'll move on. Uh, No. Mr. Trump! Mr. Trump! That's the problem. We can't move on. It's all about him. Tell me where I'm wrong. If nothing else, this is unique. No one else is doing this. And I just want to end off on a positive note. You know, we need a, we need a personal redemption, obviously. We have a great story, a new movie called The Blind, The Life of Phil Robertson, an intimate look to a man beyond the legend, the trials, the triumphs, his personal story of redemption um, if you go right now to blazetv.com slash the blind, you can get it for $19.99, blazetv.com slash the blind. Um, and, uh, you know, because we have to, it, 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 it's obviously has to be run through Apple and Amazon because it's not a Blaze Media production. But because Phil is part of our family, that's why we're promoting again at blazetv.com slash the blind for $19.99. We need personal redemption. But in order to have redemption, you need to first recognize that what you're doing is wrong and not working. Will that happen? Let me know. Daniel Hurwitz at StarMail.com. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.